Everybody, welcome to another episode of Unsolicited Advice. I am, of course, your host, David Zafra. I'm here with Brittany Herzbren and uh, Haley <laughs> Brutlich, <laughs> Haley Nicole, whatever you want to go by now. Haley Nicole, yeah. Haley Nicole, <laughs> Haley Nicole, good friend of mine. Um, and we are here at Mission Brewery doing another app. Okay, it kind of makes me sad to be here because they used to have Harry Potter trivia here. And they don't? And that's the only time I would ever go here in the past. And you would buy tickets for it. It was like $10 and the place would be packed and everybody was dressed up. And it's in this place, which kind of is a little Hogwartsy. Yeah. And it was like, and then they would have Harry Potter themed drinks and they would have butterbeer and stuff. And it was magical. And now we're just here for this. <laughs> <laughs> this is even better than Harry Potter trivia. I've never heard such disappointment come out of one person. Like <laughs> we're trying our best here, okay? I'm sorry, Brittany, that we don't live up to your standards. I actually just have such strong feelings of nostalgia and warmth, and I'm actually, it feels great to be here. <laughs> I don't believe it anymore, but okay. Cool. All right, so Haley, how, how are you doing? Let, let us know about some of your current adventures. <laughs> oh, man, that's a doozy. Of a you have so many. What was your latest one? Uh, adventure or, like, life change upheaval? Cause, like, Let, let's like, go adventure. Adventure. It was a more positive trip. Yes, let's do more positive trip. Uh, I was uh, backpacking through sort of Southeast Asia, Oceania, for four and a half months. Wow. Um, yeah, pretty stellar. Got back in... December and then moved back to California in February. Nice. So How's that been? It's been fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's not. It's being back in San Diego is epic. Like it's solely like reconnecting with humans, which is always a good feeling. But uh, I wish it were under better circumstances, I'd say. So it's going to be a bit of a transition and just trying to embrace what that means. <laughs> For moment. sure. But yeah. Well, I guess another thing is, like, do you have any, like, advice that you've heard that you like to live by, a certain philosophy that you like to live by, or also, conversely, terrible advice that you hate and would like to see stop? Uh, I'm tired of people telling me to be afraid of things that they have no knowledge of. Okay, like what? Uh, like me going to Indonesia, it's the largest Muslim population in the world. And SWAT officer daddy was just like, oh, called up his FBI buddies to scare the shit out of me. And oh, it's like, no. it's probably the most peaceful country I've ever been in. I felt safer there than I do here on a Saturday night. Yeah, yeah I was going to say that I've been to Indonesia as well. And I've, yeah, I have to walk two blocks from my work to my parking structure, which is downtown. And I feel unsafe every day. Yeah. And I never felt unsafe there. Ever. At all. I know. Indo is like the most peaceful yeah. place that I've ever been. But because, it, yeah, it's Muslims attached to it. You know, there's this terrible narrative that we've developed in the West that's just so untrue. Yeah. Um, yeah. So people always telling me I'm going to get murdered if I like go travel If you go to solo. a country. It's so kind of like people who are like, oh my God, don't go to TJ because bad things. Yes. And it's like, no. Have you, like, not experienced Mexico? Because it's a really beautiful country and really incredible yeah. people. I think my friend one was at a club when, like, somebody had their throat slit once. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> They're so isolated. It's so unlikely. It's so one-off. It is, really, honestly. Stuff happens, but it's not probably likely to happen to you hopefully not yeah. that's that's the goal i, I mean uh, yeah bad shit happens to everybody all the time yeah. you know right. yeah. it's just unlikely to or you just can't you can't tell you can't be like all sheltered because of the fear of this possibility that this scary unknown place is going to be worse than another you place could never you know. possibly know like there was that shooting the other day at the asian bistro in oh, hillcrest. hillcrest yeah and i would would go there all the time and hillcrest is one of the places where i feel the safest out yeah. of anywhere in san diego so it's like either you never leave your house or you just go places and you be as cautious i guess as aware as you can and that's all you can do i don't know but i think sometimes that awareness actually fosters the fear you know like if you're like consciously like oh there was another shooting today like you would be terrified to like be in public i think yeah where it's i've had to teach myself to turn off that negative narrative because if that's what's feeding my thoughts then i become like oh i should have brought pepper spray it's like no i'm fine what are the odds that somebody's actually gonna grab me like if they do like know how to defend myself but 
yeah, I don't know. I think it depends on. Maybe I need to learn how to defend myself because I don't. <laughs> I don't know. How to do. What would you do? Should. Hypothetical. Let's say like someone grabs you. What's your go-to move? She's like, I have never thought about this I don't know. Did I tell? Okay, so the other day I was leaving work and walking to my work parking structure, which is like three blocks away. And I got into the elevator and there was a homeless person in the elevator. And me, not wood, which is like one of those things where like women never want to seem rude. So I like had a bad feeling about it, but I got in the elevator anyway, sort of thing. And then he ends up standing facing me, his back to the elevator door. And then he was like, twitchy. And he was like, you're really pretty. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, I was like, thanks. And then he like started unzipping his jacket. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And he was like, I get really angry sometimes. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, no. Like, I was like, okay. And I was like, it was one of those things where your stomach just drops and you're like, something's good. Like, I'm trapped in this elevator with this guy. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then the elevator opened. And then for whatever reason, he just got off. And I was like, thank God. But I was like scared shitless for a few seconds. And it's just. Yeah, it's just, I don't know what my moral of that story was, but... No, I, I understood it. I should take a self-defense class, because had he... I was getting prepared to be like, oh, I'm going to have to fucking do something yeah. right now. And I'm skeptical about that self-defense thing, because, like, I remember seeing some videos circulating not that long ago about, about stuff that... not I'm, effective, or...? Well, no, about somebody being like, hey, these are moves that you should know. If you're a woman, you should be able to know and do these moves to defend yourself against people. And I'm like, there's no way in hell that that would actually work in real life. Like, like they you, wouldn't grab you like that. Or they wouldn't grab you like that. And you wouldn't actually be able to do that if you actually tried. It just wouldn't be possible. And I know that because like some of them was grappling stuff and I've done oh. jujitsu for so long where I'm like, that would never happen in a million years if you tried your hardest. So what do you think? So then what do we do? Oh, I carry a very heavy water bottle in my hand. At all times. Like, <laughs> I will I'm, sometimes carry my keys between my fingers. Yeah, that's a, that's a classic, yeah. classic key move on the hands. Yeah, my cell phone's heavy. I'll fucking, <laughs> the corner of this would hurt. Yeah, real bad. there's uh, all the people who've jumped on the hydro flask cult. Like that thing is a fucking weapon. Like yeah. feel free to use it. Should anybody? That is an option. I just don't. Th- I don't know. I feel like if, if you want to learn self-defense, it's going to take a little bit more than learning a couple of moves from this supposed class that they say works. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you take, like, a week of jiu-jitsu, you'll realize what actually works and what doesn't. Because you'll be constantly fighting people. Like, if you just do jiu-jitsu for, like, a week and fight people every single day, you'll realize how much you will, first of all, die <laughs> if you are out there in the world. But uh, also, like, how much... Um, leverage or certain things you need for a a specific move to happen. Yeah. You can't just like hold somebody's arm behind their back and expect them to stay there. It's not going to work. Isn't jiu-jitsu though like all about disabling the opponent? Like it's all about neutralizing the situation so nobody else gets hurt. Yeah. Like that's the theory behind it is like... Yeah, well because you're grabbing them and using leverage instead of like punching them. Yeah. So in theory like a smaller person should be able to like stabilize a bigger person where yeah. I think I think self-defense is like here are the soft spots in the body like you go for the eye sockets yes. you go for the which groin. is true you do definitely should do that <laughs> you definitely so should do that. that maybe like jujitsu is not for it's like kind of a like beautiful peaceful art even though you are no I'm, I would yes yes and no but <laughs> I guess what my thing is like if I'm just saying if you were to take like an actual martial art that is applicable in because they do jujitsu in like UFC yeah. which is like one of the most intense like combat sports that you could possibly be in and if it works on like at that level then it works in real life and so I'm just saying if you were to take a real martial art for a short amount of time you'd realize holes in what they teach you for self-defense well I think maybe we should look up statistics for how many lives self-defense has saved and then and put you to the test on that one. <laughs> I actually really like this idea. I don't mind that. If it, if it works, it works. I just remember seeing some videos circulating like through BuzzFeed and shit that I'm I was like, sure. that just well, not I mean, Buzz a good feed idea. Is <laughs> but people are sharing But pe- people are sharing it and showing it like, yeah, hey, but, like, did you make ever sure you know these. One of those feeds and like see what other shit they're sharing. It's probably just all BuzzFeed articles. I'm it sure. might not be a 
in some instances it doesn't work mm -hmm. but i'm sure it saves lives in other instances like Haley said, the the specific concept of like striking towards sensitive spots is a helpful thing to know. But like I remember them doing this move where like a guy would like grab a girl from behind, and then she would grab his wrist and then turn around and make like a like a kimura on him. Yeah. Which would never fucking because there's no leverage, you would not be able to do that. Oh, I would not. It's no. just impossible. <laughs> it just would never fucking work. So you don't think like if somebody grabs your arm, you can kind of go like this? I don't know how to explain what I'm doing, and then it just wouldn't. Over it would not be a ground. thing. Like they would literally have to stay like this and do nothing for a couple of seconds while you try to make that move, but it just would not happen. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm very willing to use myself a, as a dummy for this particular move. Right, guys, we're doing this I'm right now. I'm so <laughs> confident that it does not work. Oh, I would. I'm so confident it would not work if I was the one executing it. <laughs> yeah. Can we see a demo of this though? Because David Let's just volunteered. Let's do it. Yes, I'm definitely willing to to <laughs> grapple somebody and <laughs> to show that it's certain moves don't work. Yes. Also, I mean, your brain shuts down in high stress situations. Exactly. Be, so you I can't. You can't make it too complicated. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think you just should discourage it, is all I'm saying. I'm encouraging good self-defense versus bad self-defense is what I'm so encouraging. So take jujitsu. That's what what pretty good. I think jujitsu is very helpful. I think jujitsu is an honestly helpful thing to know. What's the other one, though? Krav Maga? Krav Maga is also very good, but I, it's, it's tough because it's all very hypothetical uh, because okay. you can't practice it on people. It's always like, I mean, you know, like kind of like attack this and attack the throw, attack the eyes. Whereas when you take jiu-jitsu, you're actually practicing on each other constantly. Mm, so if okay. like you and me are in a class together, we're learning the same thing. And then at the end of the class, we're going to actually fight for real and do it and test it. And I'm going to try to win and you're going to try to win. So we're going to find out what works. Yeah. And it's going to get tested every single day that you're in class. Does it ever get where you start getting angry? Some people do. I was always very zen and I didn't like to roll with people that were very aggressive. Um, but the other people would get angry with each other and actually like really cause a scene in class. Yeah. But I kind of want to take roller derby. Do it. <laughs> That'd Talk be cool. Talk about like strengthening your everything. Those girls are badass. I know. So I'm not even nervous that I'm going to get hurt. Like that they're going to be too aggressive or anything like that. I'm nervous that I'm going to try and skate too fast and fall and be embarrassed. <laughs> well, don't do that then. <laughs> you have, but it's a race. That's part of it. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not even nervous about the pain of it. I'm nervous about just being embarrassed. Hmm. Well, that's the thing you're going to have to deal with in everything that you do because you're always going to be bad at something when you first start at it. Not always. <laughs> 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 These might have a very different philosophies on like learning and growing in art. About how if I'm not good at something right away, I feel like I'll never be good at it, which I know is so wrong. Super wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Completely wrong. Yeah. What but are you really, really, really good at from the get-go? Like what's something that really stuck for you that you tried maybe twice and you're like, oh, this is my jam. I was pretty good at art without really having to try... Oh, that's a cool, but that's like a soul thing. Like, yeah. you can be like a creative person. I take singing lessons. I'm decent at singing. Okay. <laughs> acting is one of those things where I'm like, I love acting and I feel like I want, like, that's what I wanted to do for a long time, but I feel like I'm bad at it. Okay. And I feel like it's one of those things. I just feel like I'm self aware enough to know what I will be good at and what I'm not. And I know that's probably not right. <laughs> but I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. All right. Should we get into it? Sure. <laughs> okay. Let me pull up a question. Um, okay. So it says, I'm in my 60s and have known Sue for more than 40 years. Over the years, Sue has made several negative comments about some of my Facebook posts. Posts. For instance, one time I posted that I was sick. She called me and asked why I would put such a thing on Facebook. Another involved a joke that she didn't think was funny. Eventually, I changed privacy settings so she wouldn't see my post. We also both belong to a school alumni Facebook group. Within the last few months, she has criticized a couple of my comments to others in that group. Neither of these comments had anything to do with her. In one, I commiserated with an alumni friend who talked about his shyness by noting that my son is also shy. I provided no, I provided no other details. 
Sue reamed me for gossiping about my son. Sue refused to stop lecturing me, and I ended up telling her how angry I was about her intrusiveness and criticism. I have never told Sue or anything else what they should or shouldn't post, and I have never received negative feedback from anyone else. I realize that Facebook is not private, but are there any rules concerning uh, critiquing the posts of others? Yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you did the right move by changing the privacy so that they wouldn't see your posts. That's a good start. <laughs> That's actually a really great idea. Yeah. Like if somebody's constantly harassing you on social media to just like eliminate their availability to your content. That's really smart. I've done that to my sister. So <laughs> I know because I'll post that. And I feel like <laughs> Didn't just, you just talk about how close you were with your family? My mom. <laughs> I'm, close, I'm close with my sister too. And I don't know. I don't know if she does it intentionally, but I'll post stuff sometimes and she'll feel the need to wear like I'm making a joke or something and she just feels the need to make it not Real. a joke or take it too seriously or say something about it that's like why would you do that that's dumb or like and then I'm just like I'm just gonna even when I posted a picture of the tattoo that I got we got the tattoo together we didn't take a picture of it together so I posted the picture of my tattoo and I was like I know she's gonna post something about like oh thanks a lot for including me in your tattoo I'm like we weren't we didn't take a picture together I w and even in the post even though she wasn't in the picture I was like me and my sister got a tattoo today because I knew it and then she still commented on it and posted her picture of the tattoo and was like thanks a lot for including me and I'm like all right yeah it's, it's just like okay so excessive yeah <laughs> so I'm like actually shocked that somebody would respond that way that's like a very I just yeah I don't like almost narcissistic like like well, I the think world revolves around me sort of attitude I guess I, I think it's because we got the tattoo so it's the tattoo of our dog okay who we had to put down and oh. it was both of our dogs okay so I think in her mind it's like if I don't include her it's like saying it wasn't her dog too sort of thing interesting probably okay. so I think that's probably where that stems from sure <laughs> but we also don't have the same friend group or like anything like that so it affects her none but she still feels the need to comment same it sounds like with sue is that yeah it affects her not at all but not she at all. feels the need to chime in i i'm going to say because i used to be a very negative person that took everything personally for no fucking reason it's probably a projection of sue not one being confident in her own interactions uh two I don't know, seeing constant toxic negative things in her own feed. And so she like gets dragged into that narrative and that mindset. Or three, Sue just sucks and she shouldn't be like, I'm going with that so one. I think that's the one I agree with the yeah. most is that she just sucks. Sue sucks. She's probably jealous that her friend is interacting with people in the and alumni group on Facebook like, or posting yeah. things and people are responding. And so she has to kind of make her friend feel like shit yeah. so she can yeah. feel okay about it. That, yeah. yeah. I would just cut this person out of your life. I think that's the easiest thing to do. Yeah, she's I think we've for said 40 years. Yeah. I know, but you know, we've said this on this episode on this podcast several times in the past and I'll say it again. Yes. There's no shortage of friends. There's no shortage <laughs> of friends. Some people don't have any friends. This like, is Sue true. probably couldn't make a new friend. That's not that's people. not because of a lack of friends or that's a shortage of friends. That's because person. you just suck ass. <laughs> and nobody likes you. <laughs> So if you can't make friends, that's probably a big part of it. I just think block Sue, probably. Yeah, fully. But I guess they're on the same alumni group. She Who cares? Get him out of your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get out. But have you ever gone to a high school or like college reunion? Like they're not pleasant. <laughs> I went to my high school reunion. I had a great time. We actually Did you had really? We talked about how we both were like, eh, I don't know if we want to go. Was not looking forward at all. I went. I did stand up at my high school reunion. Whoa. I'm sorry. Are you? <laughs> yeah. If you. Yeah. That's gnarly. It was great. It was great. <laughs> Everything These was words of positivity. I don't. Know they how went to so well. I was. I had a great time at my high school reunion. Yeah. Okay. That would sound like his nightmare <laughs> if you like. If he told me I had a dream, I did stand up at my high school reunion. Oh, 2013 Zafra. That for sure was his nightmare. Like yeah. a living <laughs> nightmare. I guess I, I've just grown so much, guys. <laughs> Full transformation. Only yeah. took six years, but we're here. Hey, whatever. It happened. <laughs> I had an okay time. I went, and when I got there, I was like, why did I go? Yeah. And then I just got a little bit drunk, and it was it fine. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, that was a big part of it is alcohol. Yeah. And then also, like, I just 
I, I, like I, um, I was there with one of my friends who also was really not wanting to be there. And we bumped into his ex-roommate, who is also a friend of mine from high school. And it was just like all the drama didn't matter anymore. Whatever they went through at that time, it was just like done. And we just hung out and had a good time. And it just felt like I was like, oh, yeah, we just nobody cares about whatever happened in high school anymore. Did you have high school drama? I never I didn't. I didn't have a, like real high school drama, but it was just like, I mean, be, this is specifically my friend and my other friend, them too. They had a little bit of drama when they moved out together after high school. But it just it didn't matter. And we were just like all just having a good time getting along with each other. And it just felt like it was like everybody just is at a point where they just don't care about whatever bullshit was going on when we were fucking 18 years old. And so it was like felt good. <laughs> That's, yeah, that sounds like a way more positive experience. Than Did you go to go. yours? No. You maybe would have been pleasantly surprised. I no because I talked to everybody who went and they, oh, it was pretty was much bad. just a reunion for the pretty girls. Oh. Like those shitty pretty girls that bullied everybody. They're the same exact people that they were. And the original high school reunion was planned so that only 100 people could go out of a class of 700. What? Okay, and all of the popular pretty girls were all in the planning committee. And so they were the ones who bought most of the tickets. That's so you, you guys so should have had a gnarly. separate one for all other 600 well, people. So what happened was another girl <laughs> took full control, was like, fuck that noise. Yeah. I'm making one that everybody can attend. And it still was just the popular pretty girls getting shit housed like it was in high school. Like, That's weird. Just being, yeah. My high school just like it happened to not be super clicky. I mean, I guess there were people who were popular, but it wasn't it wasn't really like that. I guess so. That's, that's awesome. nice. Yeah, I I was a loner for most of it, which I'm really stoked about. But yeah, maybe I never depends on the high school. school. <laughs> <laughs> I know he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I think I never. I don't think I went a full week to school ever. Wow. Yeah. And you graduated? <laughs> well, eventually I started doing independent study. Uh, okay. So then I would go once a week and like do all my homework at home. Yeah. But even that I didn't really do. So, but yeah, I graduated. So you had the best high school experience imaginable. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of. Yeah. You're still extremely depressed the entire time. I was time. super depressed. Oh. I ended up taking the high school proficiency exam so I could graduate early. Okay. So yeah. I just did that and then. Yeah. <laughs> look at it. you now. <laughs> look, at, look at you now. Was that a positive statement? It's a great, it's extremely positive statement. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Let's go on to our next question. All right. So this one says, uh, I'm in the midst of a major personal reckoning, having dated relatively unsuccessfully and increasingly desperately for the last 15 years. I recently woke up... Uh, to the disorienting realization that my life is passing me by. Like many women, I really believe that I diligently put on mascara and put myself out there and opened up my heart uh, that elusive Mr. Right would come along. Uh, why wouldn't he? I am as smart, attractive, and self-aware as the next gal. People get married and live happily ever after uh, every day. I just assumed my time would come. But... 4,000 first dates and countless directionless relationships later, I am still in the same holding pattern waiting for my real life to begin. I am still lonely, def uh, defiantly eating dinner alone at the bar for the third night this week, but secretly terrified that pasta for one will be the, on the menu for the rest of my life. I still look longingly at real estate ads, feeling that 35-year-old itch to settle down, but recognizing that I'm too afraid to go forward alone. I still grumble bitter bitterly when I have to move out uh, of the way some happy couple on the sidewalk or when I just feel too exhausted from a long work day to carry the groceries to my fifth floor walk-up apartment all by myself. I have done enough therapy and read enough advice columns to understand that I need to be truly at peace with my single life before I can find happiness with someone else, and I have worked patiently toward this goal. And truth be told, I am ferociously independent in many ways. I've built a solid career in an industry that's notoriously difficult to break into. I exercise, I clean my apartment, I water my fucking plants, I try to reframe my uh, spinsterhood by doing things like getting manicures anytime I want or flying to Thailand on a whim. I really do try to 
love my life and sometimes I manage to succeed, but such a, a constant struggle to actually enjoy being alone. I used to have many friends to share things with, but they've slowly all gotten married and had children who are now understandably the focus of their lives. These married friends live in different seemingly self-satisfied worlds, uh, the suburbs, uh, and breast pumps and husbands who help them carry groceries. They hang out with other couples with whom they presumably have more in common, and I rarely hear from them these days. When I do, I admit that I am too prideful to tell them anything is wrong or that I need their help. So that's the razor's edge I find myself walking every day. I have to look happy, take lumps with, uh, take my lumps with grace, and somehow stumble my way into happy spinsterhood. Even and many, especially and maybe especially when I feel like pulling my hair out and screaming that I it's not fair. I can't help but feel terribly resentful on top of the terrible injustice of being the odd one out. The person who never gets to experience love. I also have the added burden of having a fake graceful, ex graceful acceptance. I don't know how to move forward. Added burden of having a fake graceful acceptance. I don't know how to move forward. I feel I am already doing everything I can possibly do. I so badly want a partner to share things with, and to lean on, to raise children with, and to help me take on all the wonderful and hard and lovely things about the world. But more than anything, if that's not in the cards for me. I just want to be able to embrace singlehood and stop feeling so much deep, unspeakable grief. How do I ever get over uh, the pain of a life spent alone? That's a very long one. <laughs> what was the like, first thing that she said in the Um, In midst of a personal major reckoning, have been dating unsuccessfully 4,000 dates it's a lot of dates basically watering her ficus <laughs> I mean my first qualm with any of this is that she's calling herself a spinster at 35 like I'm about to be divorced by 30 <laughs> like that makes me so angry at existence what does that even mean that. I don't even know what that is a spinster is like an old hag and I don't mean hag like a in a negative way like yeah. it's like a you know this like it's the way that you describe somebody as a spinster is like this like recluse that just has sheltered herself off from society and like kind of like a hermit that's just a begrudging that hates everybody like and everything. Like an old maid. Yeah, yeah. That like is like a, she's the witch of the, the story, you know, yeah. that the kids are all afraid of and has 30 cats. Like, but gotcha. she's 35. Like, why are you? Yeah, I think the thing that I was, I noticed at the beginning that I was going to comment on is that she was dating increasingly and more desperately yes so that tells you i mean the more desperate you get to have somebody be in a relationship with you the more somebody is not going to want to be in a relationship with you so you kind of need to probably chill out yeah in that <laughs> aspect a little bit but also i think a thing that's important she's to for the past 15 years so when she was 20 she yeah, started getting in your prime like <laughs> she was like oh my god babies yeah. like that's yeah that's rough I do feel bad, though, because it seems like... Okay, so, like, we were talking about this before, but he cut it out of the podcast. <laughs> so I'm I, not going to cut it out this time, okay. so go ahead. We'll, it's we'll everything see. you need to. But I'm going to be 30, and I was talking about how I've never been in love with somebody who's loved me back. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I was just... Some people just don't... I know people who's, like, aunts or family members or people that I know who grow up, and they just don't find that person like they don't get married they don't end up with somebody they are I wouldn't say alone but they are single and I feel like I'm a person who like that doesn't that thought doesn't really bother me that much but sometimes I'm like oh fuck and so I can imagine somebody who like cares about that a lot I don't know I feel kind of bad for her because it seems like she's trying to do everything that she should do like she goes she's on trips. She's doing the. She's going to yeah. therapy. She's like doing she, the like the trajectory of life things yeah. you're supposed to do as a human who wants a family and yeah. kids and a house and she's yeah. doing all those things and also working towards the things that she should do if she's like being by by herself and being like I love myself I'm doing it. so it's like it's hard I don't it know it is rough I mean she's still really young yes 35 is not old can we yes. establish that yes. just real quick Sex in the City <clears throat> is very problematic but. If it will teach you anything, is that you can be in your 40s and 50s and yeah. still be having a great single life. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But also, I think there's like, I, and I keep seeing memes like this popping up all over Facebook of people talking about how like, 
oh, like all of my friends are getting married and having kids and I'm still doing this thing that kids do. But it's, I don't see why people feel like you're looking at all these people having married and kids. That doesn't mean anything. They could all be fucking miserable. <laughs> Yeah. They could all be just ready to get divorced any day now, yeah. fucking hating their lives. And you think that they reached a level of success that makes them above you because of whatever reason society told you you don't have your shit together as much as somebody else. But that's what we do now as a society is we compare our lives to others. Yeah. And there's no real happiness with what we have because a screen will tell us that somebody else is living a better life than we are. And it's very deceiving. And I just yeah. don't think that people should think just because. But also, even without that... Like, marriage and kids has always been seen as this thing where it's like, you did it. Yeah. And it's not the case at all because, like, so many people still get divorced and are miserable. So being married doesn't mean that you're better than the people that didn't get married. But that's our social conditioning. It is. Look at every advert from the 50s. It's like, you have to have a pretty wife that stays at home with the kids and raises three children. And they're all, like, perfect grade-A athletes. That's what the generation before us was conditioned. And so that's been put on to us. And I feel like we carry this weird burden where we're like, ah, we love our independence, but we also still have that conditioning of what society expects of us to be at that age, yeah. which is hard. I feel like we're get, even getting more open about like what our idea of love is and what our yeah. idea of family is, but we're still conditioned to think that like the ultimate goal yeah. is ending up with somebody. Yeah. yeah. And so that's hard, because even if you are perfectly content in your life, it's hard to feel like, what is wrong with me because I'm not achieving this goal that everybody feels like I think people feel like that just is sort of going to happen eventually like you don't stress about it too much until it doesn't happen and you're like holy fuck this thing that I thought was just supposed to happen and my life was supposed to turn out this way is not happening and then uh, maybe I'm not going to get that I'm going to die without getting that thing that like is going to make my life some other thing but is that fear and that expectation contributing to the self-sabotage? Like, this could also be a thing of self-sabotage where she loves with condition and not unconditionally. And so, therefore, she's not able to actually find somebody who loves reciprocates. That's some deep shit right there. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> it's, uh, I've loved a lot of people in my very short life, and I'm very happy for that. But it's taught me some really crazy lessons about the different kinds of love. Um, yeah, and it's if you love with condition and you're trying to fit somebody into what you expect them to be as your partner rather than actually embracing who they are and pushing them to be a better version of that person, then that's doomed from the beginning because that's a conditional love. It's not right. an unconditional support. And it kind of sounds like she has this perfect picture in her head that's like, this is how I want everything and I have my plants and they have to be watered and like I need to go here, here, and here. and. It's impossible to take a 35-year-old man and put them into that unless they also have been dreaming of that, yeah. which that's a whole other ballgame. Yeah. And of. I mean, even 35-year-old men who are dreaming of that same thing might not, it might not be in the same way. Yeah. So yeah. like I've seen people do this too, where they've been on dating apps and they were talking to a guy and they're like, well, I'm looking for a relationship. So if that's not what you're looking for, like, don't waste my time sort of thing. And it's like, okay, like you can't, you can't do that. Not from the get go. Absolutely not. Because like, I understand the whole, like not wanting to waste your time thing. But even if that person was open to a relationship, if somebody said that to me, like anybody that I talk to, if I like them, like, I wouldn't say that I'm looking for a relationship, but I'm open to it. If that happens, that's cool. But if somebody tells me like, hey, don't go out with me unless you want a relationship, like, I'd be like, oh, well, then I guess we shouldn't go out. <laughs> you know, be, it like puts yeah. that ultimate, yeah. like, right, it, it takes, yeah. it puts so much pressure on the situation. Yeah. Like, if I'm going out with you, then I guess I'm making this commitment to you right away yeah. where it's like, you can't, you don't have any opportunity to just kind of see where something's going and get like, to know a person. Like, grow organically. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The intimacy thing too, like, we have this forced intimacy with people where we think okay I'm gonna be vulnerable and put everything out there and they're gonna love me immediately and that's not how you foster intimacy and this deep connection with somebody it's through time and you have to be okay with that or else you're going to fail like that's just I don't know I could be completely I've been dated for a really long time so I could be fucked in saying all of this but no that makes sense yeah it's if you and I feel like that's the case even when you're in a relationship uh, yes Yes. absolutely (laughs) expectations will destroy you like that's uh, yeah, absolutely. Cool. 
<laughs> I do think that she's gnarly. I love it. Well, <laughs> this is hitting home real big right now. So I think she kind of needs to take her life into her own hands. If she really wants a family and she wants to be married and have kids, like have kids. You can have kids can without a partner. Have, exactly. You should do that. If the if you end up meeting somebody, great. If you don't, like don't miss out on that part yeah. that you really want just because you're not finding yeah. a guy and to do that with. There's so many people who become single parents that end up finding their life partner. So it's like you can have a if motherhood is your end goal. Be a mother, love your child, be a fantastic role model to this human that you're raising. Yeah. And maybe you'll attract somebody that is so like Wow, you're bad at you're rating a kid by yourself, you know? I, like I think that it would help her attract somebody more because I think she's probably putting so much pressure on these men that she's talking to because yes. she's 35 and yes. she's like, it's I'm not going to be able to have kids much longer. Yeah. So, like, if you're not serious, move along. Yeah. Where yeah. if she does that part on her own, then it's going to take, like, she can casually date more yeah. than she would have before. So I think that would be helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would fully agree with that, actually. That's really sound advice. Yeah, I like it. Really sound advice. Is right. that my question? Or that yours? was my question. Okay. <laughs> that was so, a good one. That was a deep turn. dive. That was a tough one to read because yeah. it's so light. I usually pick I short ones. I want to say I appreciate that vulnerability and that transparency, though, because that's a hard thing to admit of, like, I'm doing all these things, but I'm still not happy. So yeah, I and honestly, yeah, that. seriously, because we read questions from people where we're like, this not person sucks, yeah. <laughs> and you're great. Like Whoever soup. wrote this is great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and yeah, that. she's putting in all the work. She's doing everything. She's just a little bit off path. But the, the, she's going to figure it out, I think. Hopefully. She's I hope doing so. her best. Don't let age be the thing to define it either. Yeah. But. Um, okay, so it says, my friend said something homophobic. I told her that my son is gay, and she said, oh, I hope I did not offend you. My coworker said something anti-Semitic. After he saw the expression on my face, he said, oh, I hope I did not offend you. My grandparents are Jewish. I am not comfortable talking with them further about this. My real question is, how do I get past what they both said? Ooh, uh, <laughs> that's an interesting question. I think not holding grudges is important for your own sanity in those situations. And if you really want to make a difference, use it as a learning opportunity. Like if, if somebody says something homophobic, educate them why it's homophobic, why it made you feel uncomfortable, and maybe show them how it can be offensive in a very like practical way. You can right. get through to people. But if you keep holding grudges, it's going to destroy your happiness eventually, I think. Yeah. But. And I also have to wonder, just devil's advocate, is what these people were saying. I think there are definitely a ton of homophobic and yes. anti-Semitic people. But were these people kind of saying something like... Just talking to the mic. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, for instance, my dad's Jewish. So sometimes I will say things that I guess could be considered offensive. Towards, like, I'll say something as Jewy or something, but I feel like I have the right to say that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't even understand how that comes up. Like, I, just by accident, sometimes I just forget <laughs> and I'll say something's Jewy. No, like. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, where you feel like you can say something because you are that thing. Sure. Now I don't even want to talk about this anymore, David. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't necessarily know if I uh, relate to this particular okay, thing you're saying. Rephrase this. I'll go, let's. Um, I'll accept your premise. Can I? Okay. So building on that, I heard the phrase a Jap, Jewish American princess, which is like a really interesting cultural thing, I guess, in the Jewish community. Is like there's. Yeah, and it like I was like that's super offensive. That like, sounds oh, really offensive. Yeah, to me. but yeah. they were like, no, no, it's like it's an actual the Jewish American princess. It's these very prima donna esque uh, Jewish women that are very high maintenance and yeah. But so I can see what. Granted, the phrase being Jewy might be <laughs> really gnarly <laughs> to say. Sure. Okay, so let me ask you something. Have you ever made a flippant remark or a joke that somebody? could interpret as being offensive but you're not being offensive at all yeah i feel like we did that on a podcast and then my friend got mad at us for it <laughs> do you remember the specifics yeah yes <laughs> so i'm agreeing with you yes i do have been in that situation before 
I don't even remember what my point is. <laughs> 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 so, like, I think people are going to say offensive things sometimes, and sometimes it comes from a place of ignorance. Yes. And you can correct it, like you said. And I don't think you should, like, hold it. That just seems strange. If you see a person that's making that repetitive behavior, that's when maybe you should be like, hey, maybe I don't want to be associated with this person. But otherwise, I think think you should just move on. What my point was going to be is if you feel that these people said these things and they are actually homophobic and they are actually anti-Semitic, and they were saying these things from a hateful place, then I would find that more difficult to let go. If you feel like... They, if you feel like they made these jokes out of ignorance and they were actually super offensive, then I would still find that a little harder to let go. Like I would want to explain to them why they're offensive and why That's they're anti-Semitic fair, yeah. and why they're homophobic. But if they made these jokes that maybe somebody could read into being slightly anti-Semitic and slightly homophobic, but yeah. they're more innocent, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. There's Just like the stuff we said. I yeah, feel like that yeah. was completely innocent. <laughs> so I guess it's hard to it's hard to say just based on what without the full context. We don't know the we don't know what they said. Yes. Can you cut the Jewy part out? <laughs> <laughs> Never. I'm gonna re put it on loop. In fact that's what I'm gonna splice up well, to yeah, put. I did ancestry.com and I am confirmed fifty percent Jewish. Cool. So, so <laughs> you should you should not be uncomfortable with me sharing that then. Yes. <laughs> 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 I love that. It's more though. just like you know, like I'll use coupons and be like, I'm like a, a real. You're so Jewy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Ju- very Jewy. And you do you do love How that? Is that a, I don't think it's offensive to say somebody likes a bargain and they're ju- like, yeah, they're just savvy. You're I mean, that's different from money. saying Jewy for sure. <laughs> but in that well, no, because Jewish people are known for being frugal. They're being very mindful of their money. It's yes. like a. And you are that, so yeah, go ahead and say as much Jewish shit as you want. (laughs) That's fine. I will do the same thing sometimes if I see, like, a trend in something. I will say jokes like that about Mexican people. I was going to say, have you said anything, like, semi-offensive about Mexicans being a full-blooded Mexican? The most that I'll say is I'll see a group of Mexican people doing something that I see a lot of Mexican people doing, and I'll just be like, Mexicans. Yes, because, yeah, okay, yeah. If I see see people buying a lot of corn at work, I'll be like, (laughs) Mexicans. So would it be less offensive if I was like, oh, I'm being Jewish right now as opposed to Jewy? No, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't care. You can do whatever it's you want. It's just shorter and cuter. To say. Hey, you know what? I mean, in the world of decaf, I feel like that's yeah. actually kind of a... <laughs> Jack does am. sound real bad. That does sound I, really oh bad, God, honestly. I don't care the explanation. so hard. Yeah. And then my friend pulled up photos of her mom. I'm like, oh, I totally get what you mean. I Yeah, but some people do call Japanese people Japs offensively. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I stopped. I was like, I don't think you're allowed to say And even like, if I they know. have a good explanation for that, I still feel like it's like, no, you probably should just not do that. Well, it's like the fourth time I've heard a Jewish person call Jewish American princesses Japs. Well, our, like, our Jewish happening? correspondent on this podcast had oh, no idea yeah, about you're it. 50% <laughs> Jewish correspondent. Yeah, the only um, Jewish American princess that I know was on um, Real Housewives of New York. <laughs> I thought you were going to say yourself. <laughs> I thought you were too. I was going to be really concerned. I seriously, legit, I thought you were going to say you. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> but there are a lot of different subcultures of Jewish people who have different. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Cool. Like Mexican Jewish people. Who That's are a thing. Is that yes. a thing? Oh yeah. Never Whoa. heard of it. Oh yeah, my gosh. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh wow. I knew a lot of Mexican Jewish people, and they are whatever the Mexican American princesses maps. <laughs> They're maps. <laughs> Mexican. <laughs> no, that's not a thing. There's no Jew in maps. Okay, but 100 percent. Like there are gotcha. Mexican Jewish people who are very wealthy, interesting, and affluent. Uh, I've never met a single one. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Okay, oh, I'll believe you. Can I add one thing? Yes, this please. This just reminded me. So living in Ireland for the last two years, uh, when I first got there, I thought a lot of the Irish taxi drivers were super racist. But then I realized that they're actually just ignorant because right. for 50 years they never saw colored people. But now that Dublin is a mecca for tech, they're now seeing a lot of different cultures. So the, there was a story, I'm not going to repeat said story because it was really gnarly. <laughs> uh, and he said a very degrading comment. And I was like, you can't say that anymore. And he, he you know, asked why. And so we started a really healthy conversation. He's like, I would have never considered that. It was new for me and it shocked me. 
but thank you and like we had a really cordial so I don't know well, I just remember that interaction no that I think that's very apt to what we're talking about for yeah. sure yeah yeah so. because we have had things before where David like with people <laughs> <laughs> like with their bosses will say something and David's like I would never say something to them they're not going to change their mind anyway sort of thing and I'm like you never know though like you could they might not have ever thought what they said yeah. or been w- challenged on something that they said either right. yeah but I definitely will not be the one to challenge them on it so <laughs> yeah. I agree with you guys completely on everything <laughs> th- that you said yeah I think it is rare to come across somebody who says something hateful that w- is willing to be open enough to be like oh you're right what yeah. I, well I didn't I would have never considered that I guess in the in the examples that you're talking about I was referring to a person that's in a position of power yeah so I feel like they're not going to take what you say seriously because to them you're nobody but not necessarily if you're an equal then maybe I mean I work above people at work. I have people who work under me at work and I don't feel like I'm better than them. Yeah, but maybe you're just like one of those people that's just not a piece of shit. Yeah, I just <laughs> think <Also> that. <laughs> and I'm thinking about in particular people that I'm like, if this person that I know and I try to convince them on something, I know they wouldn't take it seriously. I think even in, if in most instances you're right, I feel like that doesn't mean you should stop trying. That's fair. All right. You changed my mind. <laughs> it's your turn. It's complicated. Kay. Life is complicated. That's what I tell my kids all the time. If they ask me a question sometimes. Don't do that. You're supposed to not make them fear the world. Don't I'm not trying to make them fear the world. I just want them to not think things are simple. There's no simple answers to things. So sometimes I'll get into something and they'll be like, is it complicated? And I'll be like, yeah, it's complicated. <laughs> and it's true. Everything it's is true. very complicated. No, There's not true. just a simple yes, no right, wrong, to anything. I wish I could remember all the things that I asked my parents when I was young, and they were like, I'll tell you when you're older. I don't know any of those things that I asked anymore. No, we definitely address all that stuff. That's a really good question preface, that maybe like have an honest conversation with your parents. Because I remember, they wouldn't do it too much, but there were certain things that were like, I'll tell you when you're older. And now I'm like, I don't remember what that was. Which was the po- which was their t- strategy? <laughs> exactly. They succeeded yeah, in distracting you. <laughs> I think this is one that I had put in my phone that I meant to ask earlier on, but <laughs> I feel like it's way too late to ask this. But here it goes. Given the current political environment, what is a good New Year's resolution to make? I want to resolve to do something that will make a difference. What is your New Year's resolution? My New Year's resolution would be not to pay as much attention to the current political (laughs) (laughs) Which some people would say is a terrible (laughs) resolution to make. I don't know if it is or not. I I, I struggle with that. I struggle with that. Give a fuck for what matters to you. So if, like, I don't know, if your local community... It's dealing with an issue. Show up to the community meetings. Like, show up there. But being consumed by what Cheeto in Chief has to say on Twitter, like, every day. Like, you're going to lose your mind. Yeah. Like, it's not important. Like, give a fuck about things that matter to you. That's fair. Yeah. You can only do so much, and you can only care about so much. And you can try your hardest to do something, and then you'll still be fucking up somewhere else. So... I think, you, yeah, I would say New Year's resolution, take less pressure. Yeah, off, take pressure off of yourself. Is that an actual thing that you set aside for yourself? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a legit New Year's resolution that we didn't talk about before? Um, I did. So it wasn't a resolution because I don't... Do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I d- do want to read more books this year than I did last year. So far, I'm not doing well. Um... I do want to, I wanted, I, oh, that's nuts. Okay. I wanted to make the highest level of commission every month at work, which so far I'm succeeding in. And then I don't remember what the third one was, but. It's still pretty good. Yeah. Do you have any, Haley? Uh, I do this insane thing where I like write down a hundred things that I'd like to accomplish with the year. Holy shit. Uh, it's more it's more like manifestation long term. So something that I put onto paper might not happen for five years, but the act of putting it on paper always seems to work out for me. That's um, the thing though, like if you write it down, you're more willing to follow through with absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. It makes a huge 
different. And then when you kind of find something that you wrote down, you're like, whoa, I actually accomplished this without consciously doing it. Yeah. So yeah. it's really cool. So I have a journal that I carry with me that has them all in it. And yeah, most of them are manifesting this year. So it's a good feeling. But yeah. Nice. David? No, what about you? I don't think I set aside any New Year's resolutions for myself, but I did. I think there's definitely things I need to work on with myself. Uh, mainly uh, just like trying to like get some confidence <laughs> in myself. In all, like is that broad or in a certain area? I think I think broadly okay. uh, for sure. Um, Can that's I probably ask what you've been doing actively to nothing build that confidence at zero? all. I've done zero <laughs> to try to accomplish this resolution so far. And what do you think that you could do in order to build that confidence? Ooh, that is a great question. Right that is a great question. Nerve. Because I would, if I felt like I needed to get more confident, I'm not sure what I would. I don't necessarily. Know. Do I don't know. Maybe that's like the wrong way to go about this goal, but I, I do feel like it's like. Whatever I'm, I'm doing with myself, it needs to start to be towards. I, I need to be. I need to give myself a break on stuff, because I think I when when I got really into something, like when I was doing stand up, my identity was tied into that, and I mm-hmm. think that that hurt me when I was not doing well in it. Yeah. It meant I was not doing well as a person, and so now that I don't have that, I'm trying to find ways to continue to grow creatively without having to feel like that's a thing that's tied to myself. And I don't know if there's like a concrete way to accomplish this task. Maybe there is. I think part of it's going to be therapy, but I was, I was just going to recommend that. Yeah. That's probably going to be a big, yeah, it's going to be a big one for sure. I was also uh, going to say I find it very <laughs> odd that you do not go to therapy. Yeah, I don't know. I just haven't yeah, I haven't gone it's around to it for whatever thing reason. To do, though. Like to that first step into therapy is real gnarly. It's real I've gnarly. Been since I was like fourteen. So yeah? often oh yeah, off and on. I In guess like I don't even know how to go about it. Like I guess I need to just like ask people You if, could go to my therapist. <laughs> yes, I can ask your therapist or whatever. Yeah, I can I've seen a lot of therapists and he's really good. I did reach out to some people to find out like prices and shit on some places and whatever, but there's that's the thing. It's like it's just now. like a, such a thing. So you mean like a active like, like a thing you have to like yeah and set aside time and do all this stuff or whatever. So that's a thing that I have to try to do. There's amazing counseling apps now that are yeah. free to start. That you like start with a. a well, I looked up like BetterHelp and it's expensive as shit. What are you more money? What's expensive to you? I don't know. It was like a monthly subscription of something that I thought was unaffordable. Okay. I'm pretty okay. broke, so yeah, yeah. that doesn't help. Yeah. Um, Work doesn't. Pro- you have full benefits. I have insurance, but I haven't actually. I had to call my insurance to find out like, what do you guys cover Got and okay. what can I go to and all this shit. So a that's. A lot of insurance companies have really crappy mental health. That's the other thing also, too, and yeah. I'm aware of that. Yeah. So I, I feel like part of it, I feel like. Yes, I need to try to make that a goal, but I think I also just more conscious of the fact that this is happening and try to figure out a way to like go into the world without constantly letting that part of my brain infest myself. And, I, and I've realized that like doing like through doing improv, I've noticed like if you exercise something constantly, there is ways to like tell like to shut off certain parts of your brain which is what improv did like you do enough exercises where you're just like don't think about this being bad or weird just do it and it's going to be fine and i feel like that's like ways that you condition your brain to just be like oh don't worry about it you can just do this and it'll be fine now is that conditioning or is that confidence that's not quite what I need, but it is like an example of something where you retrain your brain to do stuff that's better and more healthy. I'm, but that makes sense to me because comedy is so personal. So for that to be tied up in your identity and for you to feel like you're failing as a person if you fail at comedy. Yeah. That, I mean, I don't see how you could separate that because the, that's those are jokes that you've written. Those are jokes that if you're trying to be a good comedian are yeah. true. But I know loveless people that are able to do it without taking it so personal. Maybe they seem like that. Maybe some people can just function with that, but I definitely was not able to. Yeah. It was hurting too many other aspects of my life. In that aspect, and where like improv, which is maybe not as personal, you're able to kind of separate yourself a little bit. Well, and improv too is collaborative, whereas comedy is very much not. I think too, and human connection is 
good for mental health. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. We're social beings. Yeah. So there's, there's stuff like that where I feel like I maybe in to some people more subtle ways have already improved myself in a lot of different ways i'm sure you've noticed it uh night and day yeah. <laughs> i feel like we've talked about this at great lengths yeah. you're much different much more positive mm-hmm. yeah human so i'm getting there but i think maybe there's still a lot of stuff left over that i need to work on and i'm sure um i think just by continuing to just be open to change and open to those types of uh uh like uncomfortable experiences to get out there, I'll be able to get to that next level. And then ther- therapy will probably be one of those things that'll help me get to that level. Yeah. And do you think that, do you, I know you're still searching for where you feel like you kind of belong as well creatively. Do you feel like that's contributing to your kind of like stuck feeling? Yeah, probably. I think, it, I think I've always been one of those people that needs to have like something that feels like this is like a purpose that's helping me like to drive my life forward. Yeah. And without that, I think I feel a little bit directionless. Yeah. But I think that continuing to train myself to be more like a like a more fulfilled person within myself will help me to be able to take those things without the stress of like this needs to be a thing for me to feel like life is going to go on. So those are my, those are my current things that I'm trying to work on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's good. I mean. If you were there already, then you would have nothing left to do. So yeah, and I, and like I, I I I'm just maybe aware of how much work I need to do, which is why I'm still continuing to have this as a goal for myself. But like when you talked about me and Haley, I've had several conversations where I we've seen how much change I've made over the course of these years to improve myself as a person in a lot of different ways. And I guess maybe to some people that see it from the outside or from a certain aspect of my life might be like, think it's not that much of a difference. It is a pretty big difference to me and to the people that were aware, like well aware of what was happening in my life at that time. Yeah. So, yeah, I got to just continue that. But to answer this person's question, (laughs) (laughs) like you said, I think there's stuff that you got to care about and you continue to focus on those things because regardless of who our president is, there's some stuff that you just have to fucking give a shit about because it's going to be a problem whether or not certain people are in the administration or not. So you got to continue to care about that shit to make changes on it. Yes. <laughs> okay. I think I have one more. Okay, let's do one more. Okay. That was intense, guys. You guys, I really this felt... Is- you guys really, really heavy I felt really one. interrogated right now. I was like, fuck, no, I swear I'm doing... You know what? Supporting. I think it would be very interesting to do the um, however many questions podcast. Oh, that would be. Yeah. That'd be cool. Have you heard that it's that New York, New York Times article that they put out that was like 36 questions that lead to love? Whoa. And it was a psychologist that published these questions. And basically, <clears> so you're supposed to... You go on a date with somebody and you ask each other these questions and they're very revealing and intimate and they lead you to feel connected with the person and feel more in love. We did the podcast once with Jaleesa and we all asked each other oh, the question. okay. And like, I do like, for, like Jaleesa and I never hang out, but whenever I see her, I feel like connected to her. It's and I amazing. feel like, I feel like whenever she's around, she thinks Britney's like the greatest person. She does. <laughs> I've never met Brittany until tonight and I already thought she was the greatest person. But it it just like, I feel like part of it has to do with that podcast. That was my favorite podcast that I've ever done probably. And at the end, you're supposed to stare into each other's eyes for four minutes. We opted not to. (laughs) We opted out of that part. (laughs) But it was super interesting. I feel like we should do that again. We should do that again sometime. That'd be a really cool monthly podcast. Like once a month, you bring on your favorite guests and like do the 36 questions. That's a great idea. We should definitely do that. We should do it with Jake. Oh! <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. But they ask there's some good questions on there. Yeah, no, it was uh, that got intense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this is a similar it has a political vibe. Okay. Um so it says In the past year, Steve, my boyfriend of several years, has disappeared into the seedy underbellies of Twitter and 4chan. I don't know what 4chan is. It's not good. Continue. It's not, not good. <laughs> what is it? It's like we're like like a lot of incels go and post things about each other. <laughs> you know what incels are? 
It's like a thing that's very popular recently. It's involuntarily celibate. So it's all these dudes that feel like nobody wants to fuck them, so they're involuntarily oh my God, celibate. Yeah, it's fine. And Say so no it, more. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Steve used to listen to an assortment of news sources. Now he gets most of his news off of the trollish alt-right sections of those sites. I'm not writing you about Steve's political stance. I have largely checked out and find political polarization ridiculous. Steve has become increasingly self-admittedly anti-Semitic and has adopted offensive terms uh, popularized on his internet hangouts that he finds hilarious. He spends a lot of time trying to convince me that his favorite author isn't a Nazi. I disagree. He makes purposely inflammatory tweets under an anonymous account and has been banned more than once. Um, I thought this was a knee-jerk reaction to the current political and social climate surrounding white men and that it would pass. It hasn't. I get morbid and inappropriate humor. I'm not easily offended. I'm a passionate advocate of the First Amendment, even when the words are distasteful, but this just feels wrong. Steve knows I disagree, but he continues. I have not stressed how deeply this bothers me, and that's on me. It's affecting our otherwise good relationship, and I want my boyfriend back. How do I bring this up after shamefully allowing it for so long? Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. That's gnarly. Uh, the expanding on the seemingly good relationship. So it seems like she really loves this person, but it's just this chunk of his identity. Right, but it seems like he... It, it's kind of like what has been happening where people who felt these things and thought these things weren't given a platform to be able to say these things out loud, and that's truly who they were the whole time, and now they feel like they can. Yeah. So now he's able to feel these things in a way that he feels comfortable. And have support from people who think like him. And yeah, so, yeah, so that probably... There's no way that wasn't his character the whole time. This For is sure. not. These are not new feelings that are developing in them. These that's are deep-seated things that he's always felt but didn't feel safe to feel. Yep. Or express. Right. Yes, outwardly, yeah. So you got to break up with him. Damn. Yeah, no, yeah, this does not seem like a good idea. I don't think we need to say anything else. I think you just <laughs> Yeah, because these things are not... You're never going to get your boyfriend no. back. This is who your this boyfriend is. That's who he is. is. That's who he, who he is. really is. Yeah, this is the authentic self right here yeah. revealed. These aren't just like political opinions. Like we're talking about these people that... I mean, this stuff gets a little more complicated than just like, oh, I just have different opinions than you do. Yeah, I totally believe that you can date somebody who has different political views from you. Of course. But this guy <laughs> has had several different accounts that are anonymous. Oh, God. Why yeah. would anybody want to be in a relationship with a troll? That sounds like a, a terrible... Really bad. Yeah, he's gotten banned. From Twitter. And he probably boasts about it. Like, we don't want people like that. Yeah. And also, I guess to a certain extent, I believe, like, you can have different opinions, but I feel like it helps if you have a relationship where you have strong core beliefs in the same things. Like, maybe the difference in opinion could be, like, I'm a socialist and you're a communist. How silly we are where we have these <laughs> quirky differences between us, but ultimately we still want to take down the system. That's, I think, the kind of differences that you can have in a relationship. You, can have, you can't have one person that's alt-right. Not just, like, fundamentally, <laughs> like, I think Literally. people who are minorities yeah. are wrong. One person yeah, yeah, yeah. that's anti-Semitic and one person that's not. That's yeah. a very different type of relationship difference, I think. Definitely. Yeah. I think we're done on that. That's like yeah, a general yeah. consensus. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. nails that one, I think, completely. Yeah. And I, I even understand if somebody writes something on Facebook or responds to a news article and says something that's a little ridiculous, and then they maybe get their account disabled, and then they're like, oh, but this person is setting up new accounts <laughs> over and over and over to keep the yeah, it's Continue to do that Keeping a terrible human being. Like, let's yeah. kick that one to the curb. For sure. So is that general consensus or Steve? Is he gone? Yeah, Steve's done. Steve's done. <laughs> Sorry, Steve, you're a shitty human. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I like how, though, he is anti-Semitic, admittedly, but is like, oh, no, 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 no. My favorite author is not a Nazi. <laughs> you think he'd be like, he's definitely a Nazi. He's dope. I love him. Yeah. All right, cool. Well. Oh, my God. Cool. <laughs> 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 Glad we got that established. So anybody, we're very, very um, against that stuff on this podcast. So <laughs> yes. that's going to that's gonna be it for this episode. Um, as usual, if you have any solicited advice that you want to ask us, you can send it to unsolicitedadvicepodcast1 at gmail.com. <laughs> and, uh, and we will answer it for you. Or you can send it to us on Facebook or... I was going to say, 
So I'm making progress little by little. So, oh, yes. we haven't talked about this yes, yet. Yes yes, 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 yes. Okay. So Slam and Samples. Mm-hmm. Pick the name. Slam and Samples. Set up the Instagram account. Slam and Samples. Took some pictures, just have not posted yet because yeah. David told me I needed a logo. I feel that's important. And that really stressed me out. It's not a big deal. It seems like a big deal. So now I think I'm set back. I offered an alternative, which I think is even better than a logo. It's taking me with a picture of, it was like a tip, Tiffany Amber Thiessen cookbook that he showed me a picture of. And he's like, you could do this. Well, because a lot of celebrities have cookbooks where it's them on the front with like some food in front of them and, and I thought it. it would be hilarious if you had a picture of Britney with just like little cuffs. So I want I want to have a Costco <laughs> Instagram or not necessarily Costco but a sample Instagram account because I love Costco and it's just going to be about rating the samples. Rating the Costco, the Costco samples. So yeah. yeah, I'm supposed to apparently take a picture. Why don't you ask one of the Costco employees if you could just put on the Costco sample lady outfit and have that be your like You're going to have to go photo. with me because I'm, <laughs> I'm mortified. Like I even take the pictures of the samples like very secretively because I get, yeah. I so. think, so I, there's two options. You could either do a logo or you can do, like I said, just a picture of you with little tiny sample cups in front or of you and a slam and samples an look. Illustrator draw like a character sketch of you holding a sample cup and that's your logo. Two in one, exactly. One, one of those, either one, I Empty. think is a great, but I think you need something to put on your. Yeah, so my point was I would have, it would have been up and running, but David told me I needed a logo. I so. just wanted it to be, you know, to be the best but thing that Brittany could put out there. progress is being made. It's being made. She's doing it. Hopefully by the time this wow. episode is out, Brittany will have her first post and you could check it out on Slam and Samples, Slam and Samples. on Instagram. Yes, I'm going to add everyone on my friend group, so. So you'll definitely know about it and I'll definitely add everybody on my friend group as well. Great. Cool. So, uh, thank you for listening, everybody. And actually, sorry, before we do that, do you have anything you want to plug? Oh, uh, sure, actually. Uh, He's like, oh, wait, I forgot. (laughs) Um, I'm going to be hiking the Camino de Santiago uh, in April, which is the 300-mile-long path through Spain. Um, So, HaleyNicole.com. I finally have my domain name set up, and I'm going to be documenting everything through there. Uh, I'm also pursuing spoken word poetry, so um, there's a little bit of poetry samples on the website as well. So, yeah, I have like a web presence now, and it's super exciting to have that identity. So I'm really excited. But, um, yeah, come follow along. I'd love to meet more humans and connect. Cool. All right. We'll definitely do that. And uh, thank you for listening. And don't overdo anything. Can I hit it in the morning without giving you half?